that's jarring cacophony tells you that you're listening to the Power of Three podcast, the podcast that loves to celebrate Doctor Who in all its forms, whether on TV, audio, books, animations, action figures, comic strips, pretty much anything you can think of. I'm Kenny Smith and you join me on my own for a couple of minutes at least as we bring you another episode of our Power of Three interview episodes. We've had a week off as I was off at the Doctor Who escape hunt last week and keep your ears peeled for an episode all about it and now we're back in business. We've got another Scottish guest on with us this week. Oh yes, we do like our Scottish people on here as we are, after all, Scotland's most listened to Doctor Who podcast. And this week we're joined by a big Finnish regular, Tracy Wiles, who you may recognise as a regular in the Unit and Lady Christina series, as playing the sometimes useful, sometimes a pain-in-the-arse journalist, Jackie McGee. Pretty far-fetched if you ask me to have a pain-in-the-arse journalist, as if that would happen in real life. Anyway, Tracy had some good news recently, and let me explain why. The Audio Publishers Association's finalists for their 2022 Audio Awards programme was recently announced, celebrating the best titles in audio publishing and spoken word entertainment, honouring a varied group of actors, musicians and politicians ahead of the Audi Awards Gala on March the 4th in the USA. Industry professionals will determine the winners across 25 different categories and the nominees include some people called Barack Obama and Oprah Winfrey? As you'll probably know, we're a very big Finnish-friendly podcast at The Power of Three, and they're in the running for the audio drama category. However, it's not a Doctor Who release this year, but their production Sherlock Holmes, The Seamstress of Peckham Rye, which is a finalist in this year's awards. Another big Finnish person with a Doctor Who credit is competing for an award, and that's Tracy, who grew up on the Isle of Isla, if you're interested, and she is nominated in the autobiography stroke memoir section. Fits and Starts is a memoir of living with epilepsy, which was written by Francisca Thomas and is narrated by Francisca herself with Tracy and is published by Almost Tangible. So let's meet Tracy, who's going to tell us about her big Finnish work, narrating Fits and Starts, growing up in a Scottish Isle, and more recently, her work on the soon-to-finish Holby City. No. Anyway, let's meet our guest. I'm Tracy Wiles, and um, I've done a few big Finnish productions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is such an understatement. I've actually just had a quick look in the Big Finnish website, and you have 38 different credits. That's including box sets. So there could well be multiple credits within each set. So there you go. There you go. So there you go. That's, I mean, that's a fair number. Sometimes they get me in and, and I'm doing like, pan. I don't even remember. They'll be like, could you just do these parts that appear and you quickly do them and then you realise you're in another two episodes or something. And yeah, you're yep. right. That's quite a lot. Of, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and I got in with them by pure chance. I think the, mm. was the first one I did Masters of Earth. It is indeed. So you got the Daleks in your very first yeah. Doctor Who story. Oh no, and there was a lot of Scottish people in that actually, I believe. But uh, it was a friend of a friend. I think they were looking for somebody to play. It was a major, quite a big part, I think. And they were looking for a Scot and a friend of mine called Paul. um, Oh gosh, what's his second name? Dreadful of me, I've forgotten his name. Paul's his name anyway. He was another producer and I think he recommended me. So yeah, so, and I was that Ken? No, it wasn't, it was Nick Briggs maybe. Was it Ken Bentley or Nick Briggs? I can't remember. (laughs) Whoever it was anyway, that thankfully I got back in again. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're great to work. Love it, love it. It didn't take you long because I think you were back in the Omega Factor, obviously, the series set in Edinburgh. 
Oh, that's where I get torn. I shouldn't really say what happens to me in case people haven't listened to it. But it was a great, I had a great death in that. Sorry. <laughs> I won't say how it happened, but I remember reading it and going, how am I going to do that? How am I going to do that? But yeah, that was, I love that one, actually. I know we did it out at, um, I, oh, whenever you go to Wadhurst, you always think Tom's going to be in it, because obviously yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where he is. So they, they only do it there. But anyway, yes, I do remember that one. That was great. Yeah. A long time ago. Yeah. Seven years ago. Blame me. I was just having a quick look. You've had so many worked alongside so many doctors, and I know, the- I know that's one of the great things. And also, they get me to read in. Well, they used to get me to read in a lot. I've done, um, yeah, I've done. And I'll tell you what parts I really like is when they go, "You're playing a robot." I love playing robots. <laughs> I love playing characters that you you've got to find a role, but you can't use an emotional range. But yet you have to kind of elicit, because usually then you're hoping that the writing is on point. So I've done some for the robots where I played a robot on trial. That has definitely gone out. Yes. That was absolutely, I love doing that. That was fantastic. And obviously great. That was Ken directing and a great cast. And yeah, Claire Rushbrook and everybody, you know, wonderful. Nicola, yeah. and, and of course you got to work with Sir John Hurt. Oh yeah, there's even a photo of that. I, I absolutely... Um, yeah, that was one of those days. That was at um, Labrook Grove. And I remember walking in and he was there. And you know, and you, you kind of think, oh, it's really wanky to get starstruck, but there, it's not. There are people that you've grown up and I love sci-fi. And so obviously I loved Alien, huge loved Alien. I love The uh, the Elephant Man is a film I adore. And so I, I, when I saw he was in it, I did have a, oh, and he was so nice. He was so, he was such a gentleman. Such a nice man, quiet but funny and warm, and that was a great day. Yeah, that was a that was a gift. I have to say. Yeah. And isn't it incredible how much Jonathan Carley sounds like him in War Doctor Begins? I, I extraordinary. I, I did one of those too. I don't know if I was in it or reading in, but certainly I did a whole day in my house that time just listening to him, and that was extraordinary. How they are managing to find people that can come in and not only recreate vocally but act as well <laughs> yeah hats off i have to say hats off yeah, yeah, yeah. it's quite a skill to be able to do that yeah. and, and of course you've got paul mcgann you've worked with as well you've worked Love with colin baker with yeah oh so much fun colin's great and nicola they're they're a lovely um team to work with always have fun with them and um paul is you know very precise and he's quite serious but he's great fun and once once you get going in a scene with Paul and you get in and it's just like it's really quite electric you know it's lovely I love it yeah yeah good fun yeah. it's and a joy because with Big Finish you you normally get a good role and the writing is they've got great writers and the the, the, the storylines how they weave all this complex stuff as you know and then when you go in, you're just given this to do, and that's your, you've given, it's like a gift. The, the, here's your gift, go in, here's all these brilliant actors, go. But they also let you play with it. The directors are really kind of open for you to come in with your interpretation, especially if you're playing two or three parts. It's, it's, it's one of the best jobs ever, <laughs> it really yeah. is. Yeah, yeah and of course you did transference as well. What, <gasps> yeah, what an incredible that production wonderful. that was. Yeah, and we actually did that at Soundhouse at North Acton. So, because I don't know if it's interesting for people to know about, you know, a lot of the time we're in the booths at Ladbroke Grove. So we, we can sort of see each other, but mostly you're using your visual imagination because 
you can only see a few people through the glass. You can't see everybody. So that's good. You can completely internalize in your mind's eye if you're getting dragged through a vent by an alien or whatever. But at Transference, we were actually all at Soundhouse and we, we were actually standing around in the same room so we could actually look each other in the eye. And maybe for that kind of realism, well, you know, it's not sci-fi. That was, do you know what I mean? So that actually worked beautifully. I don't know if that was deliberate, but yeah, that was great. Great scripts again. Yeah. Jane Slavin, Jane Slavin did one. There was one of the actors in it wrote one as well. I forget his name. Um, he wrote one. Um, there was three writers on that. Oh, did John, did Johnny, did John write one? John of Dorney, I think. Yep, I think John yeah. Dorney. Some Andrew Smith. And yeah, was and was was another writer. Jane, Andrew, John, and Rob. Only, Rob. Rob White, Robert Whitelock. Rob Whitelock. There you go. Yep. There well go. done. And I think it was based on an idea by David, wasn't it? And it was David... indeed. Yeah. It was. I think it's because David David's partner works in. I think he works yeah. in that line, so and that sort of yeah. it was what triggered it and inspired it all. So. There's been another series. I don't think there's been any talk of another series, but I think it would be great if they did another series. Yeah. I mean, Alex Kingston, of course, you've worked with on River Song as well. Yep. She's lovely. She's great. And Warren, obviously, I've worked with a lot because he has a um, a bit of a love-hate relationship with Jackie McGee, um, yes. especially Lady Christina stuff. And so that's mm -hmm. a great fun to play with, especially if you've got like a real rapport with somebody. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they, they, that'd be great to do. Yeah, I was saving Jackie McGee the best till last. I think what a, what a character. Do you remember how she was sold to you? Did you realise she'd be as ongoing as she's become? Uh, no, I don't think so. But as I've told you about 20 times now, my memory's really dreadful. But I, Sorry, I, have I a forgot feeling, that. <laughs> excellent high five. No, I think that I, I'm, I'm trying to remember the first one I did now. You'll know more than me, but I'm sure I was given the part and then that was it. And then... David might have said after it's going to carry on. But I could be wrong. David might have said, this is a regular part. We're giving it to you. I don't remember that happening, though. I have a feeling I have a feeling I did it, and then maybe it was, they thought, maybe it's got legs. I don't know. can't remember. That tends to be I don't the way. Do you know? I don't know. I think it's. I think it was, it was the intention was to keep it going, but I think they maybe have used her more because when Big Finish like working for somebody, they make sure they keep working for somebody. If somebody's good to, <laughs> if somebody's yeah. good company and does a great job, and is good and good and around the, the studio. You do then. definitely need to get on with everybody because you know often. And thanks for saying that. In, in terms of me, that's nice to hear. But you do generally everybody because it's quite a small. Often, depending on where we are, there can be a very small green room, and so it's quite like any job. You you want to make sure that there's nobody there who's just like not with you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. You've got to get on, do work, do the prep, and also be fun to hang around with. Well, not fun, but just like nice. Yep. <laughs> nice there. Yeah, um, I suppose. Yeah, no, she's got, and also I think Jackie McGee, that, having the Scottish like you and I are, Scottish accent in there as well, because you're working with quite a lot of English actors who are fantastic, but just having that kind of, oh, what is it? What are you doing? <laughs> really kind of Scottishy, what are you all doing? They're all yeah. mad. <laughs> it's quite nice, isn't it, really? It is. Yeah. I think it, it brings a bit of a touch of grounded realism because obviously Jackie <laughs> is from the west of Scotland, where the most grounded people in Scotland are from anyway. That's it. Yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As we suddenly lose all our listeners up the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <no. laughs> <laughs> We're only joking. We are joking. It's that we west of joking. Scotland irony. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get the interest? How did you get involved with Big Finish? Originally? Well... It's this is um, ridiculous. It's kind of ridiculous because I've always liked writing, and I back in the day, 
I was, I just moved out. My mum and dad's was in my first flat and had a lot of spare time, but didn't have a lot of spare money. So I started doing a fan magazine about the making of the the first bunch of audios I did with Paul McGann back in 2001 and got in touch with him because I knew a few of the people who were involved at the time, like Gary Russell. And I just, I messaged Gary to say, this is what I fancy doing. And Gary was delighted because it meant free publicity for Big Finish. And I did a few fanzines based on the making of the stories, spoke to writers, actors, directors, cover designers, the lot and did it as a wee comprehensive package. And it just kept, it was really popular and I just kept doing that. And mm-hmm. then I was asked, so they mm-hmm. asked if I'd do volume two, big finished book. And I carried on doing that. So I, I took over doing the, the book series. And mm-hmm. then when Paul Sprague, who used to do the big finish, he used to do Vortex before me, he died suddenly. And mm-hmm. I emailed them to say that I'll, because Paul was a good friend of mine. and. And I said, I'll carry on doing Vortex in the short term till we find somebody to take it over. And they said, no, just keep doing it because we know that you like bad puns, which Paul always liked for the headlines. <laughs> and, and the fact that you know, they thought it was quite nice, there was a continuity that sort of Paul and I had been friends. So it you know, sort of kept the, the spirit alive and kept mm-hmm. it going that way. So that was yeah. pretty much it. And then ever since then, I've sort of become chronicler. But yeah, fascinating. It's, it's really, really good fun. Oh, well, you're very integral and, and important to, to them oh. then if you do all this work for them, my goodness. Well, I wouldn't say, they do the creative stuff and I just sort of chronicle it and keep records and things like that. So it's all sort of like, uh, it's keeping production information is always handy. Sheridan Smith, because she's my favourite. And uh, I keep referring to her as my second wife. My wife isn't uh, very, okay. my first wife isn't very amused by this, but um, right. so be it. <laughs> um <laughs> Because I actually got to interview her and uh, when she was doing her last big finish bunch and Nick Briggs got me the got me a wee chat with her and uh, she added me as a friend on Facebook afterwards and I got home and showed it and showed it to Jen and said, look what I've got. And she was not impressed in the slightest. <laughs> if it had been Tom Hardy, it'd have been fine. But Yeah, of course. Well, you know. Well, and have you do you, have you interviewed Lauren um, Cornelius? And yes. She's done all Sheridan. I love Lauren. I did. Uh, I trained Lauren. She was one of our Carlton Hobbs team. So me no and Carl, me and Carl from Almost Tangible, yep. we trained Lauren, Timothy Bloor, and yep. Adam, who has not got in, who and, and Isabella Inchbold. I think we've had all of them apart from Adam. Tim yeah. does tons of big finish that. They were our multi-award-winning Carlton Hobbs team. And we oh, trained them every night for months. Yeah. And then we got them into well, big finish, and now she's a regular and does tons more than I do. And she's fantastic. She's great. Because uh, she was yeah. in she was in my friend Roy Gill's script, uh, the one that won the awards the for Creeping something. Death. Or the Creeping thing. Death, that's the one, yes. Um, and because she was in that, and I've got you know, quite friendly with her, just chatting online and doing bits for Vortex, and mm. said, why don't we celebrate this release? And uh, mm-hmm. we had her on, we were chatting about, Roy and I were chatting about Creeping Death, and said, why don't we get Lauren in as well? So we did that and had a lovely wee chat and had a, a 40-minute episode just celebrating that, and she was wonderful, she just... That's so great. down to earth, so talented. Mm. I can see mm. her going places in the future. She's yep. totally. She's yep. great. So I'm dead proud of the, all the, anyone that gets in from our Carlton Hobbs, and we're always like, you feel like I feel like it's my kids just getting, and then mm-hmm. they're off and they're doing loads of them, and you just think, oh, so proud, you know, it's great. Yeah. It's really great. Do you know John Scoogle? He's another I, Scot that does quite a yes, lot of big things. He's um, he lives in Canvas Lang. And, he's just moved up. Yeah, yep, yeah. And he's married to the lovely Lucy. Lucy Goldie, yeah. I had them. I had uh, Lucy on another podcast when she did 
uh, Neckleston one with the curse of Lady Macbeth. Right. And yeah, the, yeah, she lives. Um, they've just got the wee one. So yeah, they live um, about a ten minute walk from my old house through the park That's in Canvas okay. Lang. So I haven't just bizarrely I haven't. I keep saying let's meet up for a pint or a lunch or something. But I haven't, yeah, I'm going to actually going to text her after this and to say right, there let's do it. Yeah. There we go. That's another person. So isn't it funny That's how good. big finishes this? Everybody knows Loads everybody else through it. And yeah, it's, it's like arteries going out to all these different people. They're all connected up. The blood flowing out. Yeah. You're a girl from Ireland. Could you maybe explain a wee bit about your background? Because you were born south of the border, but were brought up here. You've got oh, quite a gosh, fascinating story. Don't tell everybody I'm not I'm not a real Scot because, you know, that's a, a fake Scot. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, well, I think I said to you when we spoke before, but my dad was a gamekeeper on Isla. So when um, when I was two, we moved from, uh, well, where was he? He was either in Leeds or Lincolnshire, maybe Gainsborough. That's where I was born, but he might have been in Leeds at that point. But anyway, we moved to Isla for a job. He was head keeper on the Isla Estates from about ooh, 1971 until he retired. And so, yeah, and, and my dad passed away a few years ago and was still on Isla. He loved it. Oh my gosh, he was in his element. But um, yeah, so I really should be speaking with more of an Isla accent, but I don't, I haven't really, I never really had it. But if I go back, it'll come back a wee bit. I'll say things like caravan, post office and, you know, Land Rover and all that. And it's so lovely to go back. And my best friend from school, I'm going to name proper Heather, uh, Heather Bald, she's there and we're still in touch a lot. And um, yeah, I hope to go back in some point. Yeah, it's better. I wouldn't go back now though, because they've got it's pure stormy out there. It's very windy. It is. It's <laughs> starting to build up here in East Kilbride yeah, just now. I'm just, oh, I've got blue scary. skies, but the wind is starting to to rattle yeah. the window, so I'll be closing that shortly. You'll be feeling that, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, batten down the trampolines or whatever you've got. <laughs> uh, we've got a ladder, got a ladder beside oh. my shed, so I will definitely yeah. get that started. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my, my connection to Isla, yeah, yeah, yeah. It must have been fascinating growing up in that environment, you know, with, with your guns around and, and sh- your shooting and such like, and just yeah, that whole lifestyle. See, when you're a kid, it's really not all you when you're a kid and you're growing up and you watch, you know, Telly and Duran Duran are on, you just think, oh man, why am I living here? And all I've got is the woods and Lincoln pheasants. And <laughs> you you're not in any way appreciative when you're a, especially when you're a teenager, all you want to do is get away. It's only when you've left and then when you go back, you see the real beauty of it all. You know, you really can appreciate then the you know, the the views and the hills and and the paps of Jura and Sadly, I still don't appreciate the whiskey because there's about seven distilleries there, I know. But but when you're a kid uh, and a teenager, for me anyway, I was just wanted to get away. And that's really sad, isn't it? <laughs> Not but at all. Looking back now, I think it was only a good thing for me to grow up there. I felt very safe and, and, it, and it was so healthy, you know, fresh air. And yeah, you're right, growing up around guns, you know, we had a gun room. I mean, that's just so strange when you say it now. In the UK, we had a gun room, but we had a gun room, you know. Mm-hmm. But that was just normal. It was normal. Yeah. My dad was a gamekeeper. Yeah. Yeah. Where did you do your acting training? Oh, oh this is like a total trip down memory lane. People be switching off their droves. Oh, gosh. <laughs> when I was 17, I think when I was at high school, I did the whole chat with the careers advisor, and I'm pretty sure they said to me, drama, are you sure you don't want to get catering? Because I think that was the thing they were trying to, obviously, for us to get jobs. And I was like, no, I want to be an actress. And I was a goth, I had massive hair, and I don't know what I was thinking, but they were looking at me going, what are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to be playing? 
And um, so I went, my dad, I think, drove me to an audition at Kirkcaldy College of Technology. And I went for that in about 1987, I think. And I got in there and we did one year. And then I wanted to go to Royal Scottish, but they, they would never take me. They'd always take me to the very last audition and put me on a waiting list, but they wouldn't take me. So then I worked in a bookshop in Paisley for four years. And then I think I got into Royal Scottish at the fourth attempt or third because somebody dropped out. <laughs> so they rang me a week before at the bookshop because, you know, no mobile phones. I went, oh, someone's dropped out. Do you want to come? I was like, yes, yes. So that was, yeah, that was about 1992. So I was a bit of a late starter. Yeah. Did you have any contemporaries who have gone on to be of note? Yes, yes. So Billy Boyd, Lord of the Rings, was in my year. Des Hamilton, who is now an actual BAFTA award-winning casting director. He cast Top Boy and all of that. He was in my year as well. Um, and then there's Scottish actors who've gone on uh, to, to be like Billy Mack. I don't know if you know him. He's I do. A, oh, stunning actor. I, mean, we had a re- I feel we had such a strong year for actors and a strong year for real personalities. And uh, there was a lot of drama. <laughs> But, I, you know, I was very grateful to be in that year. There was some, yeah, I, I loved every second of it because I was so desperate to get in. I just lapped it up, you know. Yeah, Fantastic. So how did you first get involved with this as a co-narrator? As it's obviously as an actress, you've done a lot of jobs, but this one is a little bit special. Um, yes. Um, well, uh, I had worked with Charlotte Moline and um, Carl Prekop, who, um, well, Charlotte Moline kind of founded Almost Tangible, which is this very um, cool audio. I'll probably get this all wrong and they'll be shouting, why did you call it that? But it's like an um, immersive audio production company. And, and we had done a couple of years before, which you'll be interested in, I think. We'd done an on-site over a period of a week, although I was Lady Macduff, so I was obviously no spoilers, but you know what happened. So I wasn't on for the full week, but we've done this incredible production at Glam's Castle of Macbeth and, it, and, and it's been a huge success and all the schools use it and it's stunning. I mean, just a plug, plug for that now. It's a stunning, stunning production. So I'd done that a couple of years before and I'd known Carl and Charlotte for a while and um, Carl directed that Carl Prickle. And so I got a call last summer or a text or a WhatsApp or something like that in the middle of a lockdown possibly saying, we're doing this book it's about this lady, Francisca, who has epilepsy. We thought of you. And I thought, oh, I'm, is she Scottish? That's my first thought. And they said, no, but look, here's a bit of text. And um, uh, this is a bit about Francisca. Would, would you read it and just see, you know, we can have a listen to it. Would you audition, essentially? <laughs> so, of course, I did. I recorded it, sent it off. And then I think maybe a couple of weeks or longer, I, I got a thing that saying, look, we'd love you to re- read the book. And I thought, great. <laughs> so then I think we set up a Zoom call with Francisca and um, I'd read a lot of the book by the point that point. And there's a lot of medical things in it, obviously, because a lot of drugs and stuff. And so we had a chat about all of that. And, you know, obviously we could only, I could only skim the surface of everything that Francisca has encountered with living with epilepsy since 1992. But it was, it was, it was enough for me to get a sense of her character. I'm not playing her in the book but it wasn't going to be just a cold clinical read. I had to try and get an essence of, of her. Do you know what I mean? Yes. But I think the fact that they cast me as Scottish and Francis- Francisca isn't, that was quite good because Francisca reads her own stuff where she goes through her own pieces in the book. When, when, like, when she's having a fit, she goes through this stream of consciousness. So it'll go from my voice 
into her voice. I'll talk a bit more about the technical aspect. Basically, they asked me to audition and I did. That was it. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's fascinating. It's fascinating just how how these things come about. I mean, is yeah, epilepsy a condition you knew much about beforehand? Nope. I'll tell you the one experience I had of epilepsy. I remember being in school and I was brought up on Isla and I went to a little tiny primary school. There was like, I think, four of us in our class. But at one point we were all having lunch and I remember the girl next to me had a, had a, gosh, you know, I wonder if I should say, because I won't say who it is, obviously, but a lady, a girl in class had a fit next to me. And, um, that was the first time I, you know, I didn't really know what was happening. And I don't really remember much apart from suddenly she was on the floor. And then I later discovered that's what it was. But apart from that, no, I don't know anybody, I believe, with epilepsy. And I've never witnessed anybody have a fit. And I didn't know anything about it. And obviously, I've learned an awful lot now having um, narrated Francisca's very funny, frank. And I have to say, it is funny, which... I think a lot of people be, might be surprised that she's a very witty lady and um, the book is incredibly engaging as well as very obviously educational about the condition. So, yeah. yeah. Imagine there'd be quite a lot of big technical terms and things to get your tongue around as well and getting the correct pronunciations yeah. of those. Yeah. So when you get a book to prepare, you obviously go through it all and you make notes and usually things like pronunciations of places or people's names or things like that. But in, in Francisca's book, there was all that, but there was also all the like medication and, you know, maybe uh, medical, I don't know, procedures or whatever. There was a lot of medical things. So I would then just list them all and then WhatsApp an entire list for Fran to, she would have to then come back to me with all of that. And then I would read it all back again to her to make sure that I was, you know, not just the, it's about which syllable is you emphasize, that type of thing, da 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 da, or da 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 da, or do you know what I mean? Because it's important that you get it right. Not everybody will know about it, but a lot of people will. A lot of people maybe who who maybe um, are with someone with epilepsy or who have epilepsy, have an interest, so they will know. <laughs> What's she saying that for? That's wrong. <laughs> you don't want to be wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Definitely not. And I suppose that part of it, you have got to know her, not just through reading the books, but in person as well. I mean, we haven't, we we had one, but obviously we, we did all this through the, the time that we're in. I think we did it last summer. So we've met up, uh, gosh, let me think, was it just the once? We've met up in person. My memory is appalling and that's in general, uh, which is great for radio because I never need to learn. <laughs> Just read off the script. Um, but we have met, yes, and obviously Zoom, thank goodness for it. We were able to, you know, get together. And obviously when we heard about the, uh, which I know you'll touch on, <laughs> the Audi nomination, we've, you know, touched base on, yeah, we, we have met and it's it's lovely. And I had to, you know, you had to feel to get an, an idea of the person who's you've got a great responsibility when you're you know when you're narrating somebody's story you know you do somebody's autobiography or whatever so yeah but hopefully we're going to meet up again we, we, we would love to um do the you know you know i think it's going out around 2 a.m the uh, award right, ceremony yep. Sorry, the audio that we've been nominated for. <laughs> um, uh, I'm off in Scotland, I think, when that goes out. But um, it, it would be so nice if we were able to all be online at 2 a.m. when uh, when it when it gets nominated. Because even just being nominated is exciting, isn't it? It's great. Yeah, I suppose <laughs> since you've mentioned the Audi nomination, because <laughs> I believe you have been nominated for an Audi, <laughs> not that you've mentioned it, but. Uh, <laughs> 
How did you first hear about that? And it must have been oh. an incredible feeling, particularly given the opposition you're up against. I know, it's mad, isn't it? I think there's five of us in our category, which is a memoir, I think it is, memoir and something. Uh, yeah, um, no, it was Charlotte Maline again. Just I had a WhatsApp, I think just before it was announced, saying just to give you warning that this, you know, because obviously they would let almost tangible the company know ahead of time. So no, it was, I think, the same day. I, I couldn't believe it. I had to go and look up the audience. I know that's terrible. <laughs> but I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. That's kind of nice. <laughs> and the other people, there's four other people. Oh, gosh, I am not remember everybody now, but like Jamie Foxx's biography and then Ron Howard with his family. And then there's another lovely person who's reached out on socials. Listen Mama by M. P. Williams, I think they've been lovely and reached out to us and everything. And then Ashley C. Ford, so a memoir, somebody's daughter. Yeah, there's five of us. It's very cool. I would show you, but I'm not on audio. I'm not on video because I've just washed my hair. But um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, there's five in each section. So it's nice. You know, it's cool. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it must also be really rewarding thinking that. Well, it has been a very difficult time for people in the acting industry over the past couple of years that you've been able to A, carry on working like that, and then something that you've done is getting a hell of a lot of international recognition. Yeah, I mean, I think that certainly all of us in the audio industry and um, as you know, you know, Big Finish, people like that, we've all been able to carry on working because many actors and, and other creatives have set up a recording equipment at home and we've realised that it's not perfect. You know, I, I have to say that much of the time that I was narrating um, the book also involved me running outside my so-called in inverted commas booth and shouting at birds. I mean, a lot of it was me shouting at birds because there would be birds that would just literally hang outside in the garden, tweeting and tweeting and tweeting. And if not that, there would be builders. Or And I did go out, not shout at builders, but I had discussions with builders about when they were having their lunch or when they were finishing and you know, five days of recording, there was a lot of that. And this, there is quite a lot of outtakes of me swearing at birds and things. But um, however, we still are able to do it. Whereas if you went back a few years ago, I, you know, I would have been, oh, I need to get into Soho. I need to, everything's changed now. You know, we realise that, you know, we're not we're not perfect sound, but we're good enough. I mean, I do wonder if um, yeah, any of those other people <laughs> were, were swaddled in a duvet shouting at birds. Probably were. I'm sure they were. So that's nice that we've all battled through it. But yeah, so a lot of people have managed to work and I'm very grateful for it. I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about one of the special things I think about Almost Tangible and, and this book in particular, because this is, you know, there's so many people involved um, than me, is that I don't know if you've heard of any, any of it, but there's like, um, it's binaural sound and um, don't ask me to explain it, but it's a very special thing um, and it's immersive and they, they've intertwined my words with music, original music, there's a song that uh, Stephanie McGarry's written and Stephanie did most of the editing, most of the editing of me, not even clapping when I made a mistake, literally just just swearing and just <laughs> all unedited. Hours and hours of me running out the door shouting at birds, nothing edited. And then she's written a song for it. And then Carl Precott has been like overseeing it as director and Charlotte producing and Rebecca Lachance being all Lachance, Lachance, I should have got her name correct there. All these people have come together to produce a very much ensemble piece. Do you know what I mean? And then Fran herself beautifully doing these incredible passages which have almost no punctuation of describing what it's like 
when she's having a fit, her her memory of that. Uh, and they are extraordinary. They're, they remind me of like Samuel Beckett. I don't know if you've read Samuel Beckett, like Not I, that stream of continual chat that seems to have no end, no beginning, no end. It's like, and it's so kind of, it really is immersive. You, It'll go from me suddenly into her, into Fran, and her voice is so distinctive from mine but it's very hypnotic and very powerful. But the way that they've done it and the amount of time that they spent on it and, and putting it all together, it's a real labor of love, it really is. And I'm dead proud of the, the very much ensemble to tell Fran's story, do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Now you mentioned, <laughs> yeah, it's great. I think binaural sounds great. I think they used it on BBC a few years ago. I think they did an episode of Doctor Who with Peter Capaldi and binaural uh, sounds. So, really? uh, oh, you would know about it. Me telling you, and you, I'm t- teaching you to suck eggs. You know about binaural sound. That's great. Well, great. I just, yeah. I just I, well, I know about it from my my love of radio drama and such likes as well. So, yeah, but no, it's fab. It's a very, I say, immersive is definitely the word for it. It's it makes it just it's almost like IMAX with sound. That's probably a good way to describe it for those who don't know. Yes, that's a beautiful way to describe it. Exactly, fantastic. Hollering. Yeah, there's some trailers. So if anybody's interested, you can go onto Almost Tangible. It's a big sale, but I feel like I need to do this. Go onto Almost Tangible website and um, there's trailers and things. You can hear some of the beautiful music and some of Fran's words. And yeah, it's very evocative and um, yeah, very important, I think, for people to understand about, about epilepsy. Yeah, Definitely. Now, you mentioned medical stuff there and big words and having to learn things. You've been working on Holby City more recently as well. That must have been great fun to work on something that's a British institution, but sadly coming to an end. Yeah, it, it is sad that it's coming to an end. I do think it's quality TV and it's in London. So when you get the job, it's nice of a wee trip out to Elstree because it is so full of, um, do you know what I mean, history. And like I'm a bit of an old film buff too. So it's always a real treat to go out there. And yeah, it was lovely to, I'm, I'm a lovely little cameo. I'm the sister of a regular character in it and um, a semi-red character. And uh, it was lovely to go and see them. But as I said to you earlier, it was very emotional because one of the days I was there was the second last day and you could see people people doing scenes and then saying that's my last scene on uh, you know in in the kind of that area the kind of medical area or that's one of my last scenes that will go out like there were some of the scenes were out of order but she's that was like my last scene that will go out and it was it was a big deal because they're like like a lot of productions are when you're doing a long-running series it becomes like a family you know but I was thrilled to do it. Yeah, it was was lovely. Really nice. Yeah. Yeah. No big You're... medical work, though. Oh, thank goodness for that. <laughs> no, not this time. Just a bit of crying and stuff. <laughs> so what else is keeping you busy at the moment? Well, what's keeping me busy at the minute? I'm trying to get a Manchester accent today for a job that's just come in. So that'll be fun. You always say, they go, can you do it? And you go, oh, yes, I'll be able to do that. Absolutely. And then you panic. And then I'm going to next week to, I don't think I'm allowed to say, but I'm filming on a telly up in Skegness, which um, I know because that's Lincolnshire. That's where I was born. So that'll be nice. Um, and what else? Uh, yeah, no, just the usual of constantly auditioning for things and self-taping just in my flat talking to myself. That's my life. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. Does work bring right. you back home quite often? No, not really. Oh, I did a lovely short film last year, which is just about to come out, I think, called Cara, 
with a, a really wonderful actress. In fact, she's going to help me with my Manchester accent. Uh, uh, Leah Bamforth, fantastic. She's just graduated. Need to get her into big finish. She's a really good Scottish actress, stunning. And um, so I did that up in, and that was amazing. That was up in Paisley, filmed in Paisley. So as soon as I saw the audition, I was like, I've got to get this because it meant not only was it lovely to film there, but I could go and see my aunties. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So yeah. you always want to try and get work because then you can see everybody that you love that you grew up with, you know. And of course, you've done um, a bit of Travelling the World in the Lady Christina series with Michelle Ryan and Warren Brown, which must be quite yeah. good fun to sort of getting these different sort of soundscapes and locations to visualise when you're I doing the work. You need to actually go to these places. I mean, <laughs> when are Big Finish going to come to me and say, Do you know, we're doing this Lady Christina set in Australia, I think, you know, for authenticity, we're going to do, you know, actual on location. That's what I'm waiting for. And, you know, especially we're coming out of the pandemic, surely. <laughs> Wouldn't that be the thing? Got yeah. Lady Christina goes to New York. So <laughs> we're just thinking. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. But you're right. In all seriousness, yeah, they had some that were, yeah, that's always lovely. Yeah. Because again, you also then get sometimes actors that are, international and all of that which is mm -hmm. nice or else we have to or else we we or others have to do the accents which is also fun so yeah yeah, yeah. i suppose that, that's one of the great things about it. as as an actor you are trained to be so versatile and i say you've when we were chatting earlier doing different parts and different accents and people yeah. would never realize it was you well yeah and i mean that that again that's what you that's what you want isn't it otherwise <laughs> I mean, I like I like playing my own accent, and and often if I'll get a script, I'll think, well, unless I specifically I'm being asked, why can't I just do it in my own accent? I'm very happy to, because sometimes that's they can just focus on the part. But then other times, you know, you really want to lose yourself, especially audio, because we often have to multi-role. We play three or four parts, so you you have to then you you can't just say, well, I do it all different tones of Scottish this will be a low Scottish one you know you have to rock out the RP and the northern those are the ones I tend to just northern RP or Scottish those are my go-to yep <laughs> or just or just take it out to the islands and add in the little little exactly but a lot of English people probably wouldn't hear the difference this is my Glasgow this is my Isla accent they'd be like they all sound the same to us English people so now you have to <laughs> My Edinburgh and my Glasgow, yeah, sound the same to Because oh, when I first went through to Edinburgh when I was doing my journalism at Napier, I thought, how the hell does everybody know my name? Because they'd all finish every sentence going, you can. So, well, it's Kenny, but I'll take Ken. But yeah. what do you know? <laughs> but let's uh, just move on quickly to Unit Nemesis, on which you've been working more recently with, of yeah. course, the fabulous Mark Bonner. You even got the box set cliffhanger in series one. Been yeah, kidnapped and trapped in an alien world. Unless you actually show me. Oh, go on, say that again. Where you've been, well, not you personally, where Jackie has been trapped in an alien world through the archway and left oh, behind. Yeah. So they all need to get you back. So has that gone out now then? That's um, out. The resolution's not been out yet. It's out next month. All right. Right. Well, good. Yeah. No, that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, it, it's good. I mean, it's great working with them. Um, you're reminding me now. It just takes a while sometimes. You're reminding me now because obviously I love working with Mark because that's when he's playing all the the many different voices, isn't it? Yes, it is. The eleven. Out. I mean that that listening to that, especially now because we we're, we're a lot of time we're separate, so you're just having that come through the cans or whatever at you. That's quite amazing to listen to, really. Yeah, 
Yeah, no. I don't know how much work he puts into that because I don't know how you keep track because all, all it says is number seven, number one, number five, mm -hmm. number... Do you know what I mean? So yeah. you really have to... Your brain's working ahead of your mouth for each yeah. one. Do you know what I mean? Especially if there's a load of it. So it, I, yeah, all hail to Mark Bonner. And do you know Mark Bonner was two years below me at, at Royal Scottish? Ah. So he was there at the same time as me, but I was a I was a third year, and I think he was a first year. I think because I do remember because he won the same uh, Carlton Hobbs. We had a great teacher at so I'm going off peak, but it's relevant. We had a great teacher at Royal Scottish called Ros Steen, who for a while had a run of about five Carlton Hobbs. Do you know Carlton Hobbs? Sorry, yes, the radio here. award. Yes, Voice award, that's yeah. Probably, yeah, that's probably how we eventually ended up a big finish. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, it's when you're a drama school, the accredited drama schools put forward a number of students, we all compete, and then they pick, at the time it was two winners, now it's four, I think. And so for a few years, Scotland won it, or Royal Scottish won it, and Mark won it a couple of years after me. And um, yeah, so yeah, Rothstein, sorry, I just wanted to point out, she had, she had Emma Fielding, me, Mark Bonner, James McPherson, do you remember James McPherson? I do. And Another, another one for that show, Cara Kelly. I think we all won it within a space of about seven or eight years, yeah. So yeah, so that's how Mark got started. And Mark and I knew each other from years ago with a lovely uh, director called Marilyn Imrie, who sadly we lost um, last year or the year before, who again, Mark and I work with. And so, so everything comes around in the world of audio, you know what I mean? You all, a lot of people know each other from a long time. And, and he's, as you know, a phenomenal, phenomenal actor and loves audio as well, so. Yeah. yeah, and he's a bit of a geek as well. He loves the science fiction, so always no, helps. Is he? Oh, have you had a lot of um, chats with him then? Oh as yes, well? oh yes, he's he's fab, he's a wonderful, wonderful uh, man. And, and he's um, obviously, I, I knew that he was a big fan of Space 1999, mm -hmm. and, and I knew that doing that for him was like a bit. That was a kind of oh my goodness moment because having like I watched it when I was a kid as well. I love yeah. that series. So I know, and I've done. I think I've done one or two of those, and uh, yeah, he loves doing that. So you are right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's incredible. It's like you you get to work with the most fantastic actors, writers, and they're such a lovely bunch of people. You know what I mean? Really are. Yeah, yeah. and you get some, when you're obviously working with people like Gemma Redgrave and Ingrid Oliver on a regular basis as well yeah. through unit, yeah. and you must be getting a a good wee bit of banter and a rapport going with them as well. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know what it's like when you work with people, you've got your professional hat on and then in the breaks, it's like a wee bit of gossip or just a wee bit of, you know, oh, look at this thing that's been on the internet. It's lovely. Yeah. And you, you're not, they're not your close friends, but when you go, it's very easy because you, you keep going back because of these, because of Big Finish, because of the stories that they write and the characters that we play. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a joy and I, I do try although I had to stop because I think I was putting too many people forward when I, I teach at drama schools haven't for since the pandemic but I try and put as many of the students I think especially that I've got some like you who are real fans mm -hmm. and I really go, and they're good they're good at radio and they so I try and go could, could you let them sit in just to observe for an hour and that's how people like Lauren Cornelius and Tim and all of that that's I think that's how they maybe got their foot in the door they would have anyway because they're brilliant but to getting these young people in with them who, you know, maybe wouldn't have otherwise, because it's hard to get in sometimes to to, to the industry because so many actors want to do it because it's so yeah. much fun. So I, yeah. I hope that, you know, I've put a few forward that, that you know, they'll work with again and again. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic, Tracy. It's been an absolute right. pleasure to chat. And no thank problem. you so much for joining us in the podcast. No, you're very welcome. And it was lovely to chat to you too. Huge thanks to Tracy for her time, which I have to say was a real pleasure. 
somebody I hadn't actually spoken to before, but we got on like a house on fire, as you can hear. And yes, I had a lot of fun. That interview was actually done for my work podcast at Scottish Field, but I thought it was so much fun, you lot deserve to get the whole shebang. And the Scottish Field version, which will be in a different order with different bits, will be released next week. If you're interested in fits and starts, which sounds amazing as I've just listened to the binaural trailer, you can find out more at www.almost-tangible.com forward slash fits, F-I-T-S hyphen and written out in full, A-N-D hyphen starts. So that's www.almost-tangible.com forward slash fits hyphen and hyphen starts. And you can also follow Tracy on Twitter at Tracy Wiles, T-R-A-C-Y-W-I-L-E-S. And don't forget, talking of all things online, you can follow us on our social media at Power of 3 Pod with the number three rather than three being written out in full. That's all we've got time for this week. And since there's nobody here to ask me, me, what are we going to play out with today? Well, I'm glad I asked myself that. It seems apt to go with Young Blue's 2017 track, Tracy's Song. We'll be back soon as we've got a host of episodes planned for the coming weeks. Daleks, Cybermen, The Long Game, The Ninth Doctor's latest Big Finish adventures, Rome, The Doctor Who Escape Hunt, and much more. We'll be back soon. Until then, stay safe, take care. Bye-bye. Don't tell me to go, don't tell